I build the altar, Lord, the same the flame. I'll be the sacrifice unto your name. Come, holy fire, consume me now. That's been our prayer. Lord, in your presence I make this vow. Nothing but you, Lord, do I desire. You're growing on me and one desire. Wonderful, thanks, Dave. And I believe God is holding back until like that thing David wrote this morning, Lord, I can't live another day without the fire of God. You need the fire of God to pray. You need the fire of God to see visions. The fire of God to recognize there's no help for us. I don't want to cry as I've done so long. Like David in Psalm 80, Oh, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, Lord, don't stay there. Come down here. We need God here. Does it matter if it breaks your heart today? You're going to have million, millenniums in eternity. There'll be no sorrow there. You can't patch up your prayer life when you get to the judgment seat. You can't sacrifice when you get to the judgment seat. You can't weep when you get to the judgment seat. It's all between here and there. This period we're in now is a dressing room for eternity. That's all it is. You see, when these songs were written, people were desperate for a move of God because society had come so bad and so far from God. People were lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They were people who were far away from God. And a move of God had been a distant thing of the past. Churches had begun to talk about what God used to do. Churches had begun to talk about how God used to save back in the old days. And there was a generation that raised up and said, let me tell you something. If he's still God, he could still do it. They said there's nothing wrong with God. He still desires to pour his spirit up on hungry people. The problem is, is we're not hungry anymore. And a generation rose up, Steve, and said, I'm hungry for something from God. And it doesn't have to come through my church denomination in order for me to accept it. It doesn't necessarily have to come the way I want it to come. I just want it to come. Oh God, a burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Your blood bought gift today we claim. Send the fire today. Look down and see this waiting host and send the Yeah. 
fire we want, for fire we plead, set right now, Lord, to make this verse apply to them, Lord, to make our weak hearts strong and brave, set a fire, to live a dying world to save, Lord, set the fire singing a hymn together, O thou who camest from above, the pure celestial fire to impart, kindle a flame of sacred love on the mean altar of my heart, there let it for thy glory burn with inextinguishable praise, and trembling to its source return with constant prayer and fervent praise, Jesus confirm my heart's desire to work and speak and think for thee, still let me guard the holy fire. He had a new baptism of fire. And if you don't keep fire going, it goes out. He says, still let me guard the holy fire and still stir up thy gift in me. Ready for all thy glorious will, thine acts of faith and love repeat, till death thine endless mercy seal and make the sacrifice complete. Then he says this awesome thing, enlarge, inflame, and fill my heart with boundless charity divine. So shall I all my strength exert and love them with a zeal like thine and turn them into a pardoning God. You see, he's not asking for a theological definition. He says, I want a fire. Listen, if our God is a consuming fire, and he is, if he takes a residence in you, you'll burn till you die. God won't die in you. And all he's asking you this morning is to let the walls down, let the fire in. 
Isn't that awesome? That a man with such a colossal intellect, that background, he said day by day, enlarge and fill my heart with boundless charity divine. I can't live in coldness anymore. I can't live in blindness anymore. I can't be indifferent to a dying world. Every preacher who has lost the fire, you should be on your face down here. You used to burn, but you got so busy with organizing, the fire has gone out. Come on. I believe God's going to breathe on us this morning. I believe you're going from this place. I believe you're going to have to say, I'm in the valley of decision. Take me past the outer courts. Through the holy place, past the brazen altar, Lord, I want to see your face. Pass me by the crowds of people and the priests who sing their praise. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness. And it's only found one place So take me in to the Holy of Holies Take me in by the blood of the Lamb Take me in to the Holy of Holies past the outer courts through the holy place past the brazen altar Lord I want to see your face pass me by the crowds of people and the priests who sing their praise I hunger and thirst for your righteousness but it's only Yeah. 
take us there. Take us there, Lord. Take us there, Jesus. soul winners who've ever lived to pray, give me souls or I die. What does it mean? It means you don't want to live unless you can see people saved. Lord, move on your church. Break our hearts with the things that break your heart. Shatter our indifference. Strip away our complacency. Lord, we receive your burden for a dying world. We receive your burden, O oh God, for this generation of young people. Mm -hmm. 
America, Father. Give us our schools. Give us our schools where we got. It's going to take friends, people in agony, people whose hearts are bursting. I've never read a book about childbirth called How Much Fun It Is to Have a Baby. Jesus. There's pain, there's travail, but that's what it takes to produce life. That's what it takes to produce life. It's all right, just let the Holy Spirit move. Just let the Holy Spirit move. Jesus, souls, 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 Jesus, revive, oh, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, oh God, birth it in this generation, birth it in this generation. the cries. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. The Lord Jesus himself in Hebrews 5, 7 prayed with loud crying and tears.
called him in my God From the north, from the south, from the east, from the west
The moment that that happened in the bar, a power was let loose in Barbas that shook the whole village. God stepped out. The Holy Spirit began to move among the people. God seemed to be everywhere. What was that? Revival? Revival? Not an evangelist? Not a special effort? Not anything at all organized on the basis of human endeavor. But an awareness of God that gripped the whole community. And as part of his research, he went to the Hebrides to actually uh, research the history of the Hebridean revival. And he finished up, amazingly, he, he, he booked in at a guest house, which was run by an elderly couple. And the guy who was the father of the house was actually one of the fathers of the revival. And so he found himself, without trying, sitting right at the feet of someone who could tell him a lot of information. This guy said to him, you know, with tears in his eyes, he said, there's six of us who were like the fathers of the Bible who's still alive. He said, we meet together occasionally when our wives are in bed. He said, we sit there and we talk about those days and he said, we can't stop crying. And he said this, he said, the reason that the Hebridean revival failed because the leadership didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know how to structure it. They didn't know how to prepare a wineskin for what God was doing and it faltered, and it failed. And this old man got hold of my friend, who's probably about 30 years of age, grabbed him by the collar, looked at him in his eyes, his piercing eyes looking at him, and he said, son, when you get it, whatever you do, don't let go of it.
know Claudio Freitzner, he's one of the leaders of the revival in Argentina. The secret of the amazing outpouring of the Spirit that's happened in his church has been nothing other than his personal walk with God. I found myself praying, Lord, if you are not going to bring another revival, take me home. I don't want to live anymore. And then I tried to rebuke my soul because I have three little kids, I have my wife, and the ministry was not doing so bad. Why should I pray this way? And then again, the next day, I found myself praying the same thing. And I realized the Holy Spirit was putting a burden in my heart to see revival. John Knox used to say, Lord, give me Scotland or I'll die. And I pray that importation from the Holy Spirit will come to this room right now. That you will desire revival more than your own life. That you would desire to see this nation, entire nation, shaken under the power of God. More than to be alive, you will desire that. An awakening cry for a land in darkest night. And it calls you now to shed your thoughts on Before revival broke out, friend, in this church, 
There was times I came down to this church and I would lay on the front row. Something deep inside of me was calling out to the deep of God. And I said, Lord, there's got to be more. I would walk these floors and I would cry out loud. I knew nobody was around. I knew nobody could hear. And I left my voice sometimes till I would be hoarse and I'd say, God, there's more. There's got to be more. God, I'm dying inside. And I'd lay there sometimes and I'd still quiet in a fetal position on that front row. And then I would hear the Lord say, Keep going after me, son. You'll find me. overtakes us but we have a godly stance we're prepared we're ready but when the bridegroom comes in that way we're not then going out to look for the oil Twenty-fourth of May 1738 about a quarter to nine John Wesley says in his diary my heart was strangely warm that was the first move of God in his life he didn't stop there he read the word of God. He said there's something more than a warm heart. I don't want a warm heart. I want a heart on fire. And so he preached the entire sanctification. The very God of peace sanctify you holy. Because John Wesley came over here from England and, and he was thrown out of the church. But the reason that he stuck with it and he was so faithful and he came over here and he brought the fire to us. And, uh, John Wesley brought such tremendous revival to the nation and I believe God wants to restore again this
powerful at one time denomination that the enemy is just strictly just uh, put through the mill and and yet there are men of God that are still hungry and God is wanting to touch you again and wanting to recommission the Methodist Church with the power of God, with the fire of God, with the zeal of God that Wesley knew, that Wesley understood and a righteousness, a message of holiness and uh, wants to again just fill you again with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of holiness, Spirit of fire and a spirit of evangelism. That's what marked the Methodist Church was evangelism, taking the gospel out into the streets, out into the highways where nobody else would take it. And I believe God is wanting to restore that tonight. You're the remnant of that. And I believe this is going to just uh, spread all across the nation.
sing that one verse again. I didn't grow up singing these songs. And so all of you good Presbyterians there tonight are going, man, he's slaughtering that, Wesley. All you good Methodists are going, man, that's our heritage song. And I've never heard it quite done that way. Well, I never quite heard it, so I just did it my way. But you see, when I sing these songs and, you know, we're, we're, we're like 800 and some services going and counting and whatever. And, you know, I used to worry about people who went and traveled in ministry and they were out all the time just losing the edge and, and, and losing the conviction. But when I start singing these songs, I jump in the middle of the lyrics and I realize this is me I'm singing about. And I look around this youth choir and I see kids up here who have testified and said we were going to commit suicide. We were already laying the plans. Kids up here whose lives were over at the age of 17, 18. Many people in this revival, I've watched too many be saved. It's, I just can't lose my passion. I'm sorry. We've got too many people in the church now that's lost their passion. They need to... They need to get on their face before God and regain their passion. Long my imprisoned spirit laid, I was fast bound in sin and nature's night. Lord, but thine eye diffused. A quickening ray. I, I will never ever be the same the person ever, ever, ever again. And I know now I have the best feeling ever. If I was to die tonight, I know I would go to heaven and I would be with him. I would be with him. It's amazing. It's amazing. The rock and roll tapes, the drugs, the things, I don't think that mess no more. I wrote out the perfect plan to murder both of my parents. But that same woman that I wanted to kill spent every night of her life on her knees praying for me. I never would have thought that I would be so in love with Jesus before I got saved. And I have no desire of sinning whatsoever because I love God and I want to serve Him forever. My life was partying. I didn't care for anybody except for my life. 
in this revival and show me that God is the way, the truth, and the light. And no matter what anybody else says, I'm going after God and nobody else. Thank you, Jesus. My Savior's blood died He for me who caused His pain for me Him to death pursue Amazing love How can You guys, you don't know how awesome it feels to wake up every morning and know that Jesus is right there with you. It's so awesome. I was fast bound in sin and nature's night Lord but thine I diffused a quickening ray I awoke I had and this the falling inside of me that won't go away all, all I can think and all I can say is I'm sick of working for the devil I'm gonna work for Jesus I feel that that voice in my head said, "You're nothing. You're just an Indian. You're just you're just a stoner. You're just a punk. You know. But you know what? I'm an overcoming by the blood of Lamb and the word of my testimony." I gave my heart to Jesus. I want to thank Him for pouring out His Spirit on our generation. <laughs> Jesus is the lover of my soul. And tonight as I'm baptized, I want to bury anything that would keep me from Him. Jesus, I love you. I can see Your glory. Oh, Lord. 
And I can see your glory I can see your glory Jesus I can see your glory I can see your glory Oh Lord I see your glory There's healing in your glory
familiar you are with the revival in Argentina there's such an outbreak of God there that there's some churches that have to have church 23 hours a day everybody talks about the revival in Argentina but I'm going to tell you how it was born it's an old man named Edward Miller he went to Argentina in 1950 said they were gripped with such intercession that they didn't know if they were going to live or die. But they didn't care as long as he was there. This went on day after day after day. Meals were forgotten. Sleep was just a necessity. They were so gripped. They repented, he said, until there was nothing left to repent and still they felt to repent. And he coined a phrase, he called it vicarious repentance where you're not just repenting for yourself, but you literally get under the load of sin that your city is carrying. And you begin to repent for the city. That's what Jesus told the women to do on the road to Calvary. He said, weep for yourselves. For Lord, we have turned away from you. We've failed you, Lord. We've disobeyed your word. We've disobeyed your commands. And Father, we throw ourselves on your mercy. And we say, have mercy on us, O Lord. Because we failed you in things we've done and things we've left undone, Jesus. Because we want to please you. We want you to take all of us, Lord. Have mercy on me, my unfailing love. Have mercy on me, Redeemer. Please open my eyes, my soul now set free. Lord, I surrender.
heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O oh Lord. Cast me not away. single moms have mercy Lord oh God they're feeling helpless and alone be with them right now Jesus oh show your compassion Lord show your compassion Lord show your compassion Lord show your love On those that are in the hospitals, Lord Jesus, dying with AIDS, we pray, Lord, that your mercy would be stretched to them, Lord. Let your hand of mercy and healing, Lord, come into their room. That those that have feel 
have felt alone and abused all of their lives, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would raise them up as soldiers of yours. Oh, God, God, bring the healing. Bring the healing, Jesus. Bring the healing, Jesus. Bring the healing, Jesus. Because you're the restorer. God, you're the healer. God, you're the redeemer. You're the one who takes something that's worth nothing and breathes life into it and makes it worthwhile. Bring it, Lord. <laughs> oh, bring it, Lord. Restore me with joy from heaven. services we've been going here and a lot of people looked on and thought man if we could get something like that going wouldn't that be wonderful well you know what I don't know if it would or not I tell you what I think would be wonderful I think it'd be wonderful if the power of God would fall on our nation I think it'd be wonderful if people at the 7-Eleven had to get up off the floor because they were trembling under the glory of God. The Bible says that the, the glory of the Lord is going to cover the face of the earth. But it's got to start somewhere. And what we're after is revival in the streets. I don't know if that lady's here that had that picture. Are, are you here? Yes. Can I have that for a second? You see, they showed me this this morning and I tried to act real calm. But... 
This picture's been bothering me all day. You can't see it, but it's a picture of kids. I, I don't know if they're out of this church or what church, but coming back from Brownsville. God fell in the van because they were broken. And they had such a move of the Spirit that they literally just pulled over in the parking lot of a gas station. And they're laying all over the ground. People don't dare touch it. They don't dare bother that. The, the, the gas station guy said he wasn't going to bother the big man. He didn't know any other way to refer to God. Policemen said it's all right. People that drove up to get gas get nervous. I'm telling you, there can be such a visitation until, until the man in the gas station says, what do I need to do? Until the policeman that drives up says, what do I need to do? your school. I don't know if you understand how, how, how passionate I am. I long for the day that some high school teenager will bow their head in the lunchroom somewhere and pray over their food and God show up so strong that the presence of God walks into that lunchroom and people are converted and convicted and fall left and right, not out of blessing but out of repentance. That's what I'm after. One of these days, we're going to get a call from a high school. They're going to say we got 2,750 students all over the grounds.
some way. We've got to get to that point. We have been racing to false finish lines. It's not time to start coasting yet. There's still some distance ahead of us. Let's press in toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I don't know of anybody that had. Nobody has had what's available. Nobody has had what I think is coming. And it's time that somebody just laid down the gauntlet and said, God, I'm after you. Over the last few days, there has been a restlessness in my spirit. I mentioned to pastor that I feel very unsettled. I feel like the ground underneath me is shifting. I feel as if something is about to change. Now the Lord knows I love change. I thrive on the unknown. I enjoy the uncertainties of life. I'm extremely uncomfortable when everything is cookie cutter predictable. When the earth begins to shift, when I hear roots being pulled up out of the ground, when I feel the wind on my face blowing in a new direction, I like that. Over the last several days, something has been stirring. I can't stop moving around. There is something on the horizon, something big. I can't touch it yet. I can't gaze upon it with my eyes, but I can feel it. It's there and it's moving closer. My spirit man is speaking loud and clear. He has overridden my carnal nature and is raising his voice. The first time I heard my spirit man was 22 years ago. He told me when I got saved that I was a child of God. My spirit bore witness with God's spirit that I was God's child. Now the spirit of the Lord is telling this child of God that something's up. The Lord would say to everyone in this place, live unsettled. The Lord would say to everyone in this place, live unsettled. Don't sink too deep into the soil of this earth. Keep your head up and your feet moving. Stay alert. Be sober. This morning early, the Lord spoke clearly these two words. I'm coming. The day of my return is at hand. Loose yourself. Loose yourself of any ties that bind. If you don't loose yourself, I'll help loose you. Prepare the way in your own heart and then help prepare the way in others. I want no obstacles. I will have no obstructions. I will return for a pilgrim people. He said to me, let the church know that the day is approaching. Warn them. Don't wine and dine them. Tell them clearly. Don't mix words. My word, my water is pure. Don't taint it. Make it clear. Let my people know it's about to happen. What is about to occur will change world history. Nothing will remain the same. Let the unbelievers, let the skeptics, let the religious ones know that what they fear the most is about to happen.
I'm going to say that again. Nothing will remain the same. Let the unbelievers, let the skeptics, let the religious ones know that what they fear the most is about to happen. Every fear known to man will be swallowed by the terror of the day ahead. Fear will overcome fear. Dread will overcome dread. The violent will be overcome by the more violent. My final work is at hand. My spirit's wooing is about to cease. No one will grieve me anymore. No one will quench my spirit anymore. No one will resist me anymore. Their days are over. Let them know my warm season of grace and mercy will soon turn to a chilling winter of judgment and wrath. The warm days of my wooing will be exchanged for the fiery days of my vengeance. My pleading for the souls of man, the passionate cry of the faithful harvesters, the unselfish service of my holy servants, all their labor, all the charity, all the pain, all the suffering, it will be over. I have heard, says the Lord, the groans of nature. I have heard the midnight cries. My church has been begging my return. My bride has been longing to be with me. The plan of the ages has almost reached fruition. The tree has borne forth its fruit. The fertile soil has yielded the harvest. The planting will stop. The laborers will leave. The sickle will rust. It's almost over. I'm coming back. I will not delay my coming to you. So don't delay your coming to me. Jesus, we hear you. We hear you. When I say something right now to this group of people, everyone within the sound of my voice, if you knew what we knew about the rumblings out there, there's a rumbling, there's a, there's a rumbling across the world right now. We get the calls, we get the emails, we get the faxes of what's happening out there. It's at the infancy stage, it's at the very beginning, and you may marvel over what two years, three years, that's incredible, friend, in God's sight. He is beginning something right now that's going to culminate in His second coming. He's beginning something right now. He's getting His bride ready. And take a look at the church across the world. We're not anywhere close to being ready. This has got a sweep all over. It's got a sweep from coast to coast. It's got a sweep to Finland and Germany and Japan and Australia and Russia. It's got to go into South Africa, South America, into Central America. It's got to touch every continent in this world. Sound the deliverance. And what he's saying to me and what he's saying to you. This could go on and on. We all know that. But you need to live as if he's coming back tonight. Now, he's not coming back for a weak church. He's not coming back for a helpless church. He's not coming back for a stained, spotted, wretched church. He's not coming back for a church in adultery. He's coming back for a church that's anticipating. They're looking. They're anticipating his return. A bride that's looking up to heaven saying, Jesus, Maranatha, Maranatha, come back. Come back! Come quickly, Lord! Come quickly, Lord! 
God, I want you. I don't want religion. I don't want another church. I don't want another congregation. I don't want another Bible. I don't want another wife. I don't want more kids. I want you, Lord. There's something in the deep part of me that's crying out. Seek me with all your heart, you shall find me. This key 